Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to What to Do, Week 17. Can't believe it already. Week 17 of this grand program. I am your host, John Gillick, and it is indeed a pleasure to be with you each and every Friday as we discuss things that are going on in the world and talking about things in sports, talking about things in music, talking about things in general, um, and some ideas for you folks and for me to kind of just go about our our everyday kind of world and see what's happening inside that world. Again, welcome to the program. Uh, it is indeed a pleasure to be with you. I, you know, this is going to be, uh, like I said, week 17. It is absolutely gorgeous. I can't believe we're at Labor Day weekend already. Um, just an amazing, amazing turn of events as we move into what we unofficially call the end of summer, but I don't look at it like that. I, I look at it, you know, when, when fall hits, fall hits, you know. Put the pumpkin spice away. Let it come out on, on September 22nd when we when we officially declare summertime to be over. But I, I get the sales push. I understand all that stuff. Um, but, you know, again, it's Labor Day weekend. Supposedly gorgeous weather here in New Jersey, New York area for today, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So don't be afraid to get out and get your friends and start grilling and doing some things uh, together as a group. Today I want to start off with um, a little bit of a discussion concerning uh, the loss of Tom Seaver. Um, this really hits home for, I think, people who are of my age, and meaning if you graduated, uh, obviously any time in the, sev- graduated high school, any time in the 70s and up until about 1984, you certainly had the opportunity to see this guy pitch. Um, I know I did, and it was amazing. I got to see him pitch in uh, both the Mets uniform and the Reds uniform. Um, as, a, as a young child, my dad was working in Long Island a lot, and he would be getting comp tickets to go see the Mets play, and um, very, very fortunate at, at, at that age, uh, when I was eight, seven, eight uh, years of age, to go into Shea Stadium with my dad and go check out uh, Tom Seaver. And, and the Mets play. You know, you got to understand, too, something about this whole thing and why it bothers people of my age group um, and, and a little older, I guess, and people who've been following the Mets, obviously, since 1962. Um, you know, this is, this is a mo- moment in time that we have to stop and, and take notice. Uh, a friend of mine, George Lee, posted on Facebook, and George, you couldn't have put it any better. Uh, when you said this is our Babe Ruth, and and it's true, I totally believe that that this was the Mets Babe Ruth. It was the Mets Mickey Mantle. It was uh, their guy, and not only for the New York tri-state area was he their guy, uh, but even people who were Yankee fans and and people who were rooting for other teams, you had to stop and take notice on what Tom Seaver was about, and you know there is a really good book out. It came out uh, last year, written by Stephen Travers, and it's called The Last Icon, and it's about Tom Seaver and his times, and it goes all the way back to his early days in California and all through his collegiate career at USC and playing uh, minor league baseball up in Portland and in Alaska and places like that, and how he came to New York uh, and really just resurrected the entire franchise. And, um, it's just a really, really sad moment when we say goodbye to somebody like Tom Seaver, when we, when we make that final goodbye to someone like uh, that man who was able to capture not only the New York tri-state area, but capture the world with what he was about. I heard a great story this past week about how he 
got his 300th win in a Chicago White Sox uniform against the New York Yankees and in Yankee Stadium. Uh, and the place went, went nuts. And I also heard another great story about how he was introduced at the All-Star Game, which was also played at Yankee Stadium, uh, when he was a Red. And the place absolutely went berserk. Um, I know, having, having been fortunate enough to see him pitch and see him play, um, you wanted to model your, your career. You wanted to model your baseball career after someone like Tom Seaver, especially those of us who are in my age group. Um, because the Yankees, let's face it, in the in the six, late 60s all the way through to 1975, the Yankees were nothing. The, the Yankees were barely attracting, you know, enough people. Same with the Mets. The Mets after 69 and maybe even a little after 73, obviously. But they, they had a hard time, but they were the team in town. The Yankees were not. They were an afterthought until Steinbrenner bought the team and turned things around. But this is not about the Yankees. This is not about anything that they have done. Uh, certainly, Seaver did uh, his, his broadcasting for the New York Yankees. And great clip, if you can catch it on on face on, on YouTube, of uh, Rizzuto and uh, Messer and uh, Mercer. I'm sorry, Mercer, Bobby Mercer and uh, Seaver in a, in a very candid, fun moment. Uh, but it's 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 really cool to check it out. But what he did for the New York Mets, I don't think will ever rival that again. Uh, and that's why I truly believe in what my friend George Lee had said. This is definitely your Babe Ruth and what he did for the New York Mets. So he will obviously uh, not be forgotten um, in the world of sports. And you know, we only get to see a kind of athlete, that kind of athlete every now and then. And you know, to to make it even more poignant. He not only succeeded in the baseball world, he succeeded in the wine world as well. His wines were consistently ranked in the top, if not winning high-ranking awards for taste and presentation and, and body of, of the wine. And, and it just was a real tribute uh, to his work ethic. And he was very, very, very demanding on himself and very demanding of those around him. And uh, that's one of the reasons why the Mets were the team that they were uh, in 69 and uh, got that first World Series championship. So, again, we started off today talking a little bit about Tom Seaver. And, again, if you're interested in that book, and this would be a great present for someone who is of my age, a little older, that Tom Seaver fan, that Mets fan, um, it's a great read, and it's called The Last Icon by Stephen Travers. So if you have a Mets fan uh, or someone who's going to be uh, a pitcher or someone who's going to be playing in sports, this is a great book for them to read. Continuing on with the world of sports, uh, if you have not been watching the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, I really, really, really urge you to start t- checking it out. There is some great hockey being played. Um, yes, a little sad that my team got bounced out after a couple of games against Tampa Bay, but that's the way it goes. That's that's sports, and you know the sportsmanship at the end. The handshake line, you know, bygones be bygones, men, you know, shaking hands with each other to congratulate each other on a hard-fought series. Um, Part of the lure, I suppose, of the uh, sport. But these Stanley Cup playoffs last night, if any indication of what's coming up for Game 7, strap in, folks, for the Flyers versus the Islanders, the New York Islanders. Um, It is definitely banging. It has got... Everything you want in sports, it has got a lot of action. Um, scoring turn turnovers, opportunities, uh, it's all there. And the same thing in the West. Um, you know, the, the Colorado Avalanche storming back. 
you got Vancouver uh, really, really sticking it to the Las Vegas team. So again, if you are a novice hockey fan or if you are someone who has never watched it, I urge you to check out NBC Sports and their package on the Stanley Cup playoffs. You will not be disappointed. I can guarantee that. And it'll turn some people hopefully into fans of the sport if you're not already a fan of the sport. Um, the NBA playoffs are happening. Um, a lot of great playing going on. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, again, with the NHL and the NBA and even the WNBA and baseball and all that stuff, it's just not the same, obviously, with the fans there. You know, I had this discussion not too long ago. Would the teams who have lost or been bounced out of the playoffs, would they have played harder in front of a home crowd? The same thing's happening probably with the New York Yankees. Would the New York Yankees have lost all those games to Tampa Bay, if some of them were at home with fans, uh, you don't know. Uh, you'd like to think the fan experience enhances the player. You know, you just can't be certain about that. It it definitely, in my opinion, makes obviously a difference, but who knows what's in the player's mind. They still have to execute at the end of the day. So um, the playoffs are great, I, you know, as I told you before. College football is starting this weekend. I believe Navy is playing Monday night or Monday afternoon. Uh, Navy kicks off their season. I know a couple other teams have played last night. Um, Division two, uh, Division one A teams have played last night. Um, NFL kicks in this coming Thursday, with Thursday night football featuring the Kansas City Chiefs, who look to repeat um, their success from last year. So, a lot of good things are starting. Uh, some places for the NFL are going to have fans in attendance um not quite certain how that's going to work out but hopefully what would be cool is that if they could open up the parking lots for the tailgaters and put up these widescreen tvs and show the game let the fans be in the parking lot let the fans be at least kind of part of the action uh to kind of give it much more of a push i think that would be um awesome turning our attention to what i think is going to be really awesome and this is something that I have been hoping for for an awful long time. Um, I really, really am excited for this. Francis Ford Coppola will release a re-edited version of The Godfather Part 3, which will include a brand new beginning, a new ending, and a new title called The Godfather, Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. And uh, Coppola has said that the film will better reflect his intentions for the third film in the series released in 1990. It'll mark its 30th anniversary. So um, the new title is was the original title, actually, that Mario Puzo and uh, Coppola put together for it. So it, it is uh, something that I always thought was misaligned. Uh, I thought that it never got its due attention from, from diehards at times. Uh, but now hopefully with this re-edited version um, of this, with the new beginning, the new ending, uh, and, the, and the, hopefully the new feel of the movie, uh, it'll bring it in line with Godfather 1 and 2. So uh, hopefully that'll, that'll be something cool. And then if it is released on DVD, that's something there that you can definitely uh, get on and get at, sent out to, uh, as a gift to your, your favorite Godfather or, or the person who enjoys those uh, mob uh, mafia type of movies and, and shows. So that's um, that's something to look for on the horizon. Another thing to look on the horizon that's coming up this year, hopefully this year, will be a live album from the Eagles. And as the current Eagles, 
um, and with Vince Gill, uh, Vince Gill and Deacon Fry, who will be joining uh, Don Henley, Joe Walsh, and Timothy B. Schmidt. Uh, this was recorded at the Los Angeles Forum, and it'll be an album and a concert film. So that is coming out uh, relatively soon as well. So look for that. Um, speaking of music in the world of music, Van Morrison, at 75 years of age, played a socially distant concert for his fans. And I think that's amazing. And if you have been checking out some of the outdoor gigs that have been go- popping up, I know I spoke about this a few times on this broadcast that Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes have done at least three of them already where they perform outdoors and you're in your car. Kind of like a drive-in um, concert experience. Now, there have been a few of them that have been done uh, so far. And I believe I heard a story about... One of the concerts that Metallica is planning will be similar to that. It'll be a drive-in theater type of thing. Um, And they've done an amazing work with the uh, San Francisco Symphony on some of their music, uh, this latest release that has been out. So look for that if you have that Metallica fan in in your family or your friends or someone you love is a huge Metallica fan. Look for that symphonic record uh, from the mighty Metallica. I heard um, the new Chris Stapleton while we're on the subject of music. And I've always been a fan of this guy since I heard him perform on the uh, CMA Awards, the Country Music Awards. And I like his approach to music. His songs are so poignant. His songs are so real. But the biggest shock that I received this week was he has written so many more hits for so many other artists. It's almost like he writes the great songs for others and keeps the superior songs for himself because this new album he has coming out, he used Tom Petty's backup band, The Heartbreakers. I don't even want to say they're Tom Petty's backup band. It was Tom Petty and The Heartbreakers. Well, he used The Heartbreakers, and I swear, if you close your eyes, the sound of Tom Petty is coming through Uh, Chris Stapleton. And it's just a really great, great track. Um, Great songs that are out there. So look for the new Chris Stapleton and uh, listen to it with that ear bent towards a little bit of the the old Tom Petty sound. And I think that it'll really highlight some things that are happening in the world um, of music. A lot of different things uh, have happened in the course of the week in terms of uh, just overall... um, overall stuff that's that's happening i know mulan is being released today uh it'll be on the disney plus channel the the live action movie um there's a couple of other docuseries coming out to netflix i know one is is challenger based on the space shuttle uh challenger that blew up in 1986 there's a new um trailer they redid for the new james bond movie called no time to die uh, amazing, just really, really, really solid. I uh, can't wait to see that movie. Um, and now we get this coming out of New Jersey that you'll have 25% indoor dining, which is better than nothing. Uh, but again, I wonder what's going to happen as we move towards the winter. Um, hopefully these restaurants are going to be allowed to be open to almost full capacity. Um, they don't have to worry about the tents and getting heaters and things like that for it. But What's you know what's next now? The movie theaters can open up, and maybe we can start going back to checking out uh, movies and different things that are out there in the world. It feels like a sense of normalcy is coming. Uh, it feels like that's happening, even though, from an educational standpoint, 
we're not going to be teaching kids live in front of our faces. We'll be working with students um, virtually. So we'll be like, I'll be in my band room teaching my kids virtually over the computer, which kind of brings a better sense of normalcy. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing, going to school every day, going to work every day and coming home and, and, and taking care of business. But I still miss the kiddies. And I know some of us who listen to this podcast, you've already been back in school for at least a week. Um, and I hope you, you continue to stay healthy. I hope you continue to find ways to reevaluate how we teach. You know, I remember I said last week, I heard a great quote, you know, don't think of it as an obstacle. Think of it, think of it as an opportunity. And I think that would definitely help you and help anyone who's going into that profession. Um, a lot of you new teachers who are out there, good luck. God bless you. Um, it's a very rough sea to be putting your boat into this, this time. But hopefully we'll navigate it together and we'll get through all of this stuff and come out on the other side. And it feels like something like that's happening. It just feels, you can feel the positivity and you feel good about what's, what may be happening in the world. So... Well, that'll pretty much do it for me. Uh, that's going to end up week, what to do, week 17. It's been amazing being with you today. Uh, I love your feedback. If you want to get involved with the show, please, please, please email me, jjg5150 at aol.com. Or you can catch me on Facebook. Some of you, a lot of you have been catching me on Facebook and friending me. John Gillick from Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Again, thank you so much for listening. I wish you all well. Have a lovely Labor Day. Relax, enjoy, barbecue, enjoy that adult beverage, and I'll check back with you next Friday. It's been a blast being with you. Hope all is well, and enjoy. Bye-bye.